Hello there. Welcome, friends. Welcome. I am your humble host. Welcome to another edition here of Sounds Like Radio. We feature great music and the great Gildersleeve for you. That's a that's a pretty nice combination, if you ask me. Well, friends, uh, I put on my reporter's hat. Yes, my reporter's hat, the fedora. I stuck one of the press cards in its brim, and I went on the case. I was investigating something about that Gildersleeve song made me suspicious. I knew I had heard that song somewhere before, but I couldn't remember where. Where have I heard that song is what ran through my head just as soon as I heard Gildersleeve sing his supposedly written song. Well, friends, I finally it finally dawned on me. That song, I remember, it came from the movie Christmas in Connecticut. Have you ever seen the original version of Christmas in Connecticut with Barbara Stanwyck, Dennis Morgan, and the great Sidney Greenstreet? Yes, well, Christmas in Connecticut, in that movie, Dennis Morgan sings as he's decorating the Christmas tree. He sings a song called, Wish That I Wish Tonight. It's the Christmas song from the movie Christmas in Connecticut, and that song is the very same melody as the supposed song that Gildersleeve wrote. Now, there are different words in Wish That I Wish Tonight, but it's the same melody. Here is Dennis Morgan from the soundtrack of Christmas in Connecticut. I'm wishing that I may I'm wishing that I might Have the wish that I wish tonight I've told my lucky star The wish that I made And every time so far She's come to my aid It may not be today It may not be tonight, but I'm sure it will be all right. And maybe by tomorrow, if I wish with all my might, I might have the wish I wish I tell you, that's Dennis Morgan singing Wish That I Wish Tonight, the very same melody of the supposed Gildersleeve song. I knew I'd heard it. I knew it. I knew it all along. And uh, <laughs> as soon as it came to me, it was like a light bulb went off. I said, that's it. It was Christmas in Connecticut. And then I went to the movie and got that soundtrack for you. So we've solved the mystery of this supposed song that Gildersleeve wrote. And so now that we've solved that mystery, we're going to talk about what Gildersleeve is up to tonight. Gildersleeve in this show is going to try to get Bronco, that's Marjorie's new boyfriend, he's going to try and get him a job at the water department. Interestingly enough, Richard Crenna plays the voice of Bronco. Richard Crenna would go on to play Luke McCoy on The Real McCoy's, one of my all-time favorite shows. One reason it is is because Grandpa, our very own Grandpa from our show, plays Grandpa in the TV show The Real McCoy's. Well, Luke McCoy, played by Richard Crenna, he also plays Bronco in tonight's episode of The Great Gildersleeve. Gildersleeve tries to get Bronco a job at the water department, and I suppose in order to get Bronco used to the idea of working in the water, he tells Bronco to go wade in the water, and that might just get him feeling like the water department guy. Here is Eva Cassidy, Wade in the Water. Children that Moses will lay, God's gonna trouble the water. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you have Eva Cassidy from her album Songbird Wade in the Water. Yeah, I like that song. Well, friends, it, we have uh, Richard Krenner playing Bronco today, and that puts me in the mind for Grandpa, because Grandpa and Richard Krenner both starred in The Real McCoy. So I invited Grandpa to come down to the studio and uh, do a little number for us and maybe talk a little bit. But I understand he's in the next room, and they tell me, <laughs> they tell me Grandpa has fallen asleep. Uh, Grandpa is here with a couple kids from his family and some strangers. Uh, they call him Mr. Brennan, so he must be with strangers, but strangely enough, he's also with some of his family. Let's creep, creep as we shall, creep into the room where Grandpa is asleep by the fireside. And we're going to find out just what Grandpa has to say for us today. Everyone be quiet, John. Try not to wake him up. God darn it. You have to wake me up just when my dream is getting to the good part? We're sorry, Grandpa. We didn't know you were asleep. Well, maybe I was, and then again, maybe I won't. But, Mr. Brennan, we looked over... And, well, your eyes were open, and we thought... Oh, you did, huh? Well, is there a law again a man doing a little dreaming with his eyes open? Besides, <laughs> if my memory serves me correct, many's a lot of you lovesick teenagers that never stop dreaming with your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you dreaming about, Amos? Like the part that was getting so good. Yeah, what was it, Grandpa? Please, Mr. Brennan, yeah, like tell us about it. Here, I'll stir up this fire and throw some more wood on... Quiet the kids down and... Yeah, all right. All right. Besides, it has to do with all of you anyways. You know, all on account of me, I reckon. You take that song, for instance, the one you was just a-singing. 
Well, just listening to all the happenings, being surrounded by McKinnon good friends sort of reminds me of how I got to be sitting right here in this chair. It was over a half a century ago when I was a little sprout of a sapling way down east on the coast of Massachusetts. I got my first real lesson in life. I was watching big bulges of gray fog push up out of the bay. Oh, he was a big fella. <laughs> he might be near as old as I am now when I seen him coming along the pier late one afternoon. Sea bags squashed down over his shoulders. Face like a fist of rock. Saltier than a mackerel. First made off of the Golden Star he was. Hardly knew what dry land looked like. He'd been to sea for 40 years. Hey, kid, he yelled. What you looking for out there? Wishing I was old enough to go there, I told him. Beyond that fog. Clean out of the bay. Clean across the ocean, maybe. Round the world. Take a good look at me, son, he says. I ain't found nothing out there yet. I'm going to the shore now for the last time. And if she'll have me, I'm staying. Pretty sad thing, kid, he says. It's taken me 40 years. And don't never try to find something somewhere else that was always right there in your heart to begin with. Then he put a big ham-like hand across my shoulders and, and we heard the bosun calling out there on the Golden Star as she hoisted anchor. Getting kind of thirsty. All day I've faced a barren waste without the taste of water, cool water. Poor Dan and I, with throats burned dry and souls that cry for water, cool, clear water. Thank you, Grandpa, for coming in tonight, uh, coming in today, whatever time it is. Thank you. We sorry we had to wake you up there. Uh, I'm used to it. Always being disturbed when I'm trying to catch up on some 40 winks. Well, Grandpa, we hope you enjoyed your 40 winks because we enjoyed your little song. Say hello to your family there and, and the strangers over there that called you Mr. Brennan. Yeah, I wonder who they are. <laughs> 
Well, I hope they enjoyed the song anyway. All right, uh, humble host. Uh, see you next time. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. There goes Grandpa. <laughs> Always nice to have Grandpa on hand. Well, friends, tonight's show is all about Gildy trying to get Bronco a job at the water department. And, well, Bronco would be happy if he could get a job there because Bronco's in love with Marjorie. And love can make you happy. <laughs> it can. That's what they tell me. Uh, here's mercy. Love can make you happy. wasn't it? group called Mercy. Love can make you happy. That was a big hit in the 1960s, and I thought it'd be good to hear it again. Kind of was, too. Well, friends, you're listening to Sounds Like Radio, and today we've got Gildersleeve for you. And this is a show from November 16th, November 16th, 1949. We're going to listen to it now as Gildersleeve tries to get Marjorie's boyfriend, Bronco, a job working at the water department. Let's listen now to the November 16th, 1949 episode of The Great Gildersleeve. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as The Great Gildersleeve. The 
Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous cheese food, Velveeta. Everybody goes for Velveeta's rich yet mild cheddar cheese flavor in snacks, in sandwiches, and in hot dishes. And Velveeta, you know, helps supply important food values from milk and is as digestible as milk itself. That's why smart homemakers keep Velveeta on hand regularly to spread or slice and to melt for grand economical hot dishes. Tomorrow, get Velveeta, the cheese food of craft quality. Well, it's one of those frosty November nights in Summerfield. A clear white moon, wood smoke in the air. Most folks are home by the fire. And the great Gildersleeve? Well, he's heading in that direction. In fact, he's walking up his front steps right now with that pretty nurse, Katie Milford. Bye, George, Catherine. Tonight we'll have the parlor all to ourselves. Just you and I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throckmorton? We'll have a nice, quiet evening together. Nobody home but Bertie. Leroy's spending the evening at Piggy's house, and Marjorie has a date with Bronco. Oh. Won't you come into my parlor, said the water commissioner to the nurse. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. This is more like it. Nobody around. I'll build a fire. We'll get some music on the radio. Have the place all to ourselves. I really can't stay very long. Now, Catherine, just look at that fire in the fireplace. Isn't that... Hey, who started that fire? Oh, hello, Uncle Morris. Oop. Marjorie, I thought you had a date with Bronco. Well, I have. He's here. What? Hello, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, parlor grabber. <laughs> uh, hello, Bronco. <laughs> oh, won't you come in and sit down, Mr. Gildersleeve? Oh, thank you, Bronco. Thank you very much. <laughs> come on in, Catherine. Oh, hello, Miss Milford. Hello, Marjorie. Bronco. Good evening, Miss Milford. Uh, can I offer you my place here on the couch by the fire? No, thanks, Bronco. Uh, can I offer you my place, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, no, Bronco. Relax. Catherine and I will sit... Where will we sit? <laughs> well, Catherine, you take the overstuffed chair and I'll sit on the piano stool. <laughs> my, that's a lovely fire. Isn't it? Bronco lighted it. Yeah, I brought in the wood. <laughs> Marjorie, I thought you and Bronco were going to the movies this evening. Well, we decided to stay home. Oh? Uh? That's fine. You know, we've really never had a chance to talk. They say conversation is getting to be a lost art. Yeah, they do. Uh, how's everything down at the water department, Mr. Gildersleeve? Hmm? Oh, getting along. And uh, how's everything at college? Oh, good. Uh, very good. How are things at the hospital, Miss Milford? Oh, fine. What a conversation. <laughs> uh, I guess I misunderstood you today, Marjorie. What? I thought I definitely heard you say that you and Bronco were going to a movie. Well, we thought about it. Well, why don't you go? Don't feel that you have to stay home just on account of us. It's not too late for the second show. Three big features. Anki, we're not going tonight. Why not? Well, it's like this, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm broke. <laughs> oh, well, that's no problem, Bronco. Here, the show will be on me. And so does after. Oh, no, Mr. Gildersleeve. If I can't take Marjorie out on my own money, we'll stay here. <laughs> Bronco has a job at school in the afternoons, but they don't pay him enough. Golly, no. I only get $4 a week for dusting the books in the library. <laughs> Book duster, huh? Anki, don't you know somebody who can give Bronco a better job after school? Well... Do you, Mr. Gildersleeve? I've got ambition. I've got drive. I want something I can get my teeth into. Uh, look out, you're pushing me off the piano stool. <laughs> I don't think there's much future in dusting books, and I want something with a future. Oh? A fellow's got to start thinking about things like that. Uh, let me get off this piano stool. Am I right, Mr. Gildersleeve? Am I right? I can't back up any farther. I'm at a very critical point. So am I. Ooh. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, I'm very sorry. Oh, that's all right. Piano needs tuning anyway. Anki, <laughs> you're the water commissioner. Maybe you could get Bronco a job with the city. That's a wonderful idea. Why not? The city? Now, wait a minute. Brockmorton, a man in your position, all you'd have to do is say the word. Oh, 
Well, I do have a certain amount of influence. <laughs> well, you have a lot of influence, Unky. You can walk into the mayor's office anytime you want. Yeah, that's true. You'll do it, won't you? Well... Oh, Bronco, Unky's going to get you a job. Uh, oh, thanks. Thanks, Mr. Gildersleeve. You see how easy it is, Bronco, when you know the right people? <laughs> You have a job, my boy. Drop in at the water department tomorrow afternoon and ask for me. Good morning, Miss Gilsey. Uh, good morning, Bertie. Here's your prunes. Well, thank you. One, two, three, four. Leroy, stop counting my prunes. You only got four. How come I have to eat seven? I've been framed. Well, prunes are good for you, Leroy. Good morning, Leroy. Hi. Good morning, Uncle Mort, you darling you. Bye. You're the best, Uncle. Well, <laughs> That'll get you nowhere, Mort. You still gotta eat seven prunes. Yep. <laughs> Bertie, do you know what Uncle Mort's doing for me? What's that, Miss Marjorie? He's going to get Bronco a job. Oh, that's nice. Nice? It's super. It's really just too, too excruciating. <laughs> All right, Leroy, you've still got one, two, three, four, five prunes to go. Yeah, I know. And get closer to the pits. <laughs> Job you going to get him, Miss Gilsley? Well, I'm going to see what's open down at the city hall, Bertie. Depends a little on what Bronco's qualified for. Well, he's on the scrub team. You might get him a job scrubbing streets. <laughs> Leroy. I'm eating them. Yeah. <laughs> All Bronco needs is an opportunity. Well, he's so ambitious. Oh. Someday I'm sure he'll be as important a man as you, Uncle Mort. Well, now, Marjorie, let's not expect too much of the boy. <laughs> if anybody can put him on top, Mr. Gilsey, you can do it. Well, I'll try, Bertie. Ain't everybody can walk up and say, Mr. Mayor, give that boy a job. Now, Bertie. But you can do it. All you got to say is, Mr. Mayor, give that boy a job. Well. Miss Marjorie, you know all your uncle's got to say? That I do, Bertie. That's right. Mr. Mayor, give that boy a job. <laughs> Well, I guess my voice does carry some weight. Leroy, eat those prunes. Yes, sir, Commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Bessie. Good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Any calls this morning, Bessie? Yes, sir. I've had three and you've had one. <laughs> three to one, eh? Who called? Well, Homer at the malt shop and Perry. He's that darling salesman at Hogan Brothers. Bessie, who else called? My mother. <laughs> I mean, who called me? Oh, the mayor. What did he want? You. I assume that, Bessie. Well, he said he'd drop in and see you this morning about the new fire hydrant. He did, eh? Well, I'll have something I want to talk to him about, too. We're going to be having a new employee in the city hall, Bessie. You mean I'm fired? Yeah, no. no, Bessie. I'm going to arrange a job for a young college boy, a football player. Really, Mr. Gildersleeve? Yeah. Oh, if there's anyone who needs help, I think it's a football player. Yeah. Is he cute? Well, I wouldn't call Bronco cute. I think he's been stepped on by a few cleats. <laughs> but the way I look at it, Bessie, there's no use in a man holding down an important position if he can't use it to help others. Mr. Gildersleeve, you're an idealist. Yeah. Well, maybe I am. I'll be in my office, Bessie. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, now, let's see. What is Bronco qualified to do? Hmm. Maybe I'd better take another approach. <laughs> now, if I were the mayor, where would I put him? Say, that's an interesting thought. Mayor Gildersleeve. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Wonder how it looks in print. His Honor, Mayor, Rock Morton, P. Gildersleeve. Not bad. 
Hi, George, if I were mayor, I could give him a job without asking anybody. I could give all my friends jobs. Good morning, Betty. Good morning, Judge Hooker. Yeah, there's the judge. I could make him city attorney. Ah, and how's the big water wheel this morning? <laughs> Come in, Horace. What are you doing, Gilda? Printing a sign? Now, don't get nosy. Let me see that. Yep. Well... His Honor, Mayor Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. <laughs> All right, Horace, stop cackling or I won't make you city attorney. What? Well, I was just thinking where I'd place some of my old friends if I were mayor. Oh? And if you were mayor, Gildy, what would become of Mayor Terwilliger? Well, I'd be big about it. I'd give him my job as water commissioner. <laughs> Let's see how that would look. Mayor, I mean, Herman Terwilliger, water commissioner. <laughs> Come to think of it, Gilda, that'd be a very funny twist. I think so, too. <laughs> well, good morning, gentlemen. Mayor Swilliger. Well, good morning, Mr. Mayor. Why all the levity? Do we have a comic in the water department? Oh, no. I mean, uh, I better slip this on the phone book. Whoop. Oh, you you dropped something, Gildersleeve. I'll get it. Oh, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. I got it. Mm. He did get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here you are. Oh, wait a minute. Is this a memorandum intended for me? Oh, no, Mr. Mayor. That's it has my name on it. It says Herman Terwilliger, Water Commissioner. Water Commissioner? <laughs> well, Mr. Mayor. And Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve Mayor. <laughs> oh, Gildersleeve, what's the meaning of this? Doesn't mean a thing, Your Honor. I'm just sitting here doodling, and I guess I got our doodles, our titles mixed. <laughs> I was waiting for you to come in. I had a little favor I wanted to ask. Gildersleeve, it'll be a cold day in August. Will you get a favor out of me? A mighty cold day. <laughs> well... That was quick. From water commissioner to mayor and back again in a minute and a half. <laughs> Rub it in, you old goat. Uh, and Bronco's probably on his way down here. Oh, Bronco? What's he going to do? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> We'll see how the great Gildersleeve handles this situation in just a minute. Say, Mom, if you want the folks to do a real double take on the vegetables at dinner, listen to this. The family will ask for seconds when you serve those vegetables in a rich cheese sauce you make the easy way with Kraft smooth-melting cheese food, Velveeta. Yes, Velveeta's grand, rich, yet mild cheddar cheese flavor adds wonderful goodness to such vegetables as cabbage, cauliflower, green beans, spinach, and so on. Swell-eating Velveeta sauce gives those vegetables extra nourishment, too. You know, Velveeta helps supply important food values from milk. And here's all you do to make this grand cheese sauce. Just melt one-half pound of Velveeta in the top of your double broiler. Then gradually stir in one-quarter cup of milk. Season to taste, and there it is. A vegetable glorifier that'll have the whole family calling for more. You know, Velveeta sauce is a leftover glorifier, too. Perfect for turning leftover chicken or ham into a hearty main dish. So when you shop, get Kraft smooth-melting cheese food Velveeta in the economical two-pound loaf. So there'll be plenty on hand for snacks and sandwiches and grand cheese sauce dishes, too. Just be sure you get genuine Velveeta. It's the cheese food of top quality, made only by Kraft. Well, the great Gildersleeve got out on a limb, and the mayor sawed it off. Last night, the water commissioner promised to get Marjorie's boyfriend a part-time job with the city. Nothing to it. But it didn't work out that way. Uh, what'll I tell Bronco? Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, what is it, Bessie? Well, when are you going to talk to the mayor about that college boy? Well, I can't talk to the mayor about anything today. Well, what are you going to tell the boy when he comes in? I'll just have to tell him the truth, Bessie. I can't get him a job. Yeah, I've let the boy down. Mr. Gildersleeve, why don't you give him a part-time job here in the water department? Well, he'd still have to be approved by the mayor, Bessie. I can't pay him out of my own pocket. Well, couldn't you pay him out of petty cash? No, Bessie. Petty cash. Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm here. Oh, there he is now. In here, Bronco. Here I am, Mr. Gildersleeve, ready to go to work. What department do I report to? Yeah, Bronco, put your coat back on. Yes, sir. Oh, wow, those shoulders. Uh, Bessie. 
Sit down, Bronco. I want to have a talk with you. I can't sit down, Mr. Gildersleeve. I've got to tackle this new job. I'm full of ginger. Yeah. Ginger, and Bessie will excuse you for a moment. Yes, sir. Bye. Hmm? Oh, talking to me? Goodbye. Yes, yes. Bessie, this is Bronco Thompson. Bronco, this is my secretary, Bessie. How do you do? Hiya, Bessie. Well, bye. Goodbye, Bessie. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, now then, Bronco, about this job. Oh, the job. Gee, Mr. Gildersleeve, I couldn't sleep all last night thinking about it. Yes, well... Uh... You know, when I walked up the city hall steps and down these marble corridors, I got a big thrill. Right here. He did? I said to myself, Bronco Thompson, I salute you on the threshold of a great career. Yeah. Well, you see, Bronco... Who knows how fast and how far I may rise? Why, someday I may even be mayor. I wouldn't mention that around here. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm ready to go to work from the bottom up. Bronco, please put your coat back on. I have a few things I want to say to you. Yes, sir. But first, I want you to know I called my mother last night. Uh, mother? Yes, sir. Mr. Gildersleeve, I told her I had a big man sponsoring me. And I told her what a swell thing you're doing for me. Well, Bronco, I did have a little talk with the mayor, but um, at the present time, I mean, well... Uh... Mr. Gildersleeve, you do have a job for me, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew that, Mr. Gildersleeve. Where do I report? The report? Well, I suppose you could report right here in the water department. Oh, that's great. I'm at your service every afternoon from 3 until 5.30. What'll I do first? Well, first, put your coat back on. <laughs> yes, sir. But I want action, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm raring to do things. Uh, yeah, I can see that, Bronco. But for the time being, you'd better just sit around the office and absorb things. Mr. Gildersleeve, I don't want to be a parasite. Well, you're an employed parasite. You what? I mean, a working man is not a parasite. Then you're a working man. Bessie? Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? Find a nice, strong chair for Bronco to sit in. I'm going down to Peavy's and get some black coffee. Two cups. What can I do for you this afternoon? Uh, you give me a cup of coffee, Peavy, and make it strong. Having trouble staying awake, are you? No, Peavy, it's nerves. Got a college boy in the office. Believe me, he's a problem. Well, that must be the young fellow who was in here a while ago. He said he was on his way down to see you. Yeah, Bronco. He ordered a double malted milk and he drank it between here and the door. Yeah. <laughs> that was Bronco. He's Marjorie's boyfriend. He said he had to have quick energy to tackle his new job. <laughs> that boy doesn't need energy. He needs a sedative. <laughs> trying to get him through college, are you, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, PVM. Trying to get him out of the parlor. I mean... Uh... <laughs> I promised Marjorie I'd get him a job. Well, that's commendable. He doesn't really need the job, PV. Just wants money to entertain Marjorie. Now I've got him on my neck. As one might say, you're saddled with Bronco. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, little witticism there. Saddled, Bronco. <laughs> the worst part of it is, Peavy, it isn't costing the city a cent. I'll have to pay him out of my own pocket. My, my. Won't be able to afford it very long, but he's loaded with ambition. I don't want to break his spirit. Well, that's right. Uh, what do you have him doing? He's sitting up there in a chair. <laughs> Rather difficult to imagine a Bronco just sitting. Yeah. <laughs> Why, George Peavy, I think you've got something. How's that? If there's nothing to do, he'll probably get fed up and leave of his own accord. Well, he might at that. Peavy, that's exactly what'll happen. In fact, I doubt if he's there when I get back. But I've done my part. I told him I could get him a job, and I did. If it doesn't suit him, he can go find one of his own. Well, that sounds fair enough. You bet. Besides, nobody wants to sit around the water department drawing pay and doing nothing. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Peavy! <laughs> yep, he's gone. Looks like some of the furniture is gone, too. Oh, everything's just changed around. Hmm, looks pretty good. Is there something I can do for you, sir? 
Oh, it's you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Bronco, I thought you... Are you still here? Oh, yes, sir. Why wouldn't I be? Well, I thought perhaps you'd get tired just sitting around with nothing to do. Oh, I couldn't stand that, so I took the initiative and put myself to work. Uh, look what I'm doing to your office, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh, my office? I put the filing cabinet over here. And now you won't have to take the bottle off the water cooler every time you want to file something under the A's. Oh? Then I took all those old reports off your desk so you could see over it. Oh? I put them in a neat pile and put them in the closet. And then I put the old magazines away and put the wastebasket under the desk. Oh. Um, by the way, where'd you put Bessie? <laughs> oh, I sent her down to get a malt. Uh-huh. You did? That girl needs energy, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, well... Bessie wanted me to go with her, but I couldn't take the time. I'm too interested in this new job. Oh, yes. About this job... You see all these unpaid water bills I found on your desk? Uh, forget those old bills, Bronco. We charged those off in 1946. Nobody could collect them. Well, if you have no objections, I'd like to try. But... It's a pretty hard to say no to me, Mr. Gildersleeve. You're doggone right it is. <laughs> have to go talk to the mayor. I can't tell that boy he isn't really working for the city. I can't keep paying him myself either. Gildersleeve, you're on the horns of a dilemma. I just nonchalantly walk into the mayor's office and tell him to put Bronco on the payroll. Sure. Mm. Wait a minute, Gildersleeve. Don't be a fool. Go home. Nope. Can't do that either. Marjorie's counting on me to get Bronco a job. I told Catherine there was nothing to it. Well, maybe there isn't anything to it. Mayor's a pretty understanding fellow. Well, yes, he is. Sure. Go on in there, Gildersleeve. Probably forgotten all about this morning. Yes, my dear. Yes. I, I forgot. I know I did. The mayor must have his wife on the phone. Well, I couldn't help it. Oh, poor fellow. That Gildersleeve made me so mad this morning, I've been boiling all day. <laughs> Is somebody out there to see me? Uh, no, the wrong office, looking for the marriage license. <laughs> Go home, Gildersleeve. This is one of your bad days. <laughs> Tell me all about it. About what, Marjorie? Well, you said after dinner you'd tell me all about Bronco's new job. Well, there isn't much to tell, my dear. He, um... um... Well, what's Bronco's salary, Unky? Well, not much. Uncle Mort, aren't you going to tell me anything? Well, there's still a few details to be ironed out. Well, all right. Just have to wait for Bronco to tell me when he comes over. Is Bronco coming over? Well, I'll bet that's Bronco now. Yeah, bet it is. Well, this has gone far enough. Just have to tell him once and for all he doesn't have a job. Hello, Marjorie. Oh, Miss Milford, come in. Well, Catherine. Hello, Throckmorton. I just had to come over and see how Bronco came out today. Unky got him a job in the water department. Isn't it exciting? Oh, that's wonderful, Throckmorton. Marjorie, I think we should give your uncle a kiss. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's at the door, Unky. Door? Somebody? Who? Who the door? Oh, the door. I'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, boss. Boss? <laughs> oh, yes. Come in, Bronco. Thanks. Uh, hey. Hiya, Marge. Hello, Bronco. Congratulations, Bronco. I hear Mr. Gildersleeve got you a job. Yeah, wasn't that swell of him? Put her there, boss. Thanks a million, Mr. Gildersleeve. <laughs> now, Bronco, not so fast. I've got something to tell you. <sighs> I know what it is. You forgot a little something today, didn't you? I did? You forgot to tell the mayor you hired me. Oh. After you left, the mayor came in. Zeke. Hey, he saw what I'd done today, and he was tickled pink. He was? I collected all those old water bills. No. Sure. You weren't there, so I gave the money to the mayor. Oh, my goodness. But he said hiring me was a fine idea. He thinks you're great. He does? Uh, I mean, of course he does. <laughs> Isn't Uncle marvelous? Throckmorton, you're a born executive. No. <laughs> we sure made a hit with the mayor, Mr. Gildersleeve. But why didn't you tell him you hired me? Well, I don't think uh, I ought to tell the mayor everything. <laughs> oh, come on, Marge. I want to tell you all about it. Oh, I'm just dying to hear it. Uh, that was close. <laughs> well, I guess I'd better go. No, wait a minute, Catherine. I can't let you run off so soon. You never did get to sit by the fire last night. 
That's right, we didn't. Yeah. Let's go into the parlor. <laughs> Kids have the parlor again. Well, I'll take care of that. <clears throat> oh, come in, Uncle Morris. Uh, children, since we've improved Bronco's financial situation, I suppose you'll be going to that movie you wanted to see last night. Oh, no, Mr. Gildersleeve. Now that I've got a good job, I'm saving my money. No, no. The great Gildersleeve will be right back. If the folks at your house don't go to bed till they've raided the icebox, I just hope that icebox holds a two-pound loaf of Kraft's famous cheese food, Velveeta. Mmm, mmm, because golden Velveeta is so good eating with its grand, rich-tasting, yet mild cheddar cheese flavor. And you know you can enjoy Velveeta snacks anytime because Velveeta is as digestible as milk itself and really nutritious. For instance, it's helped supply fine protein for strong muscles. Minerals that help build sound teeth and bones. Vitamins needed for normal growth. You see, Velveeta helps supply many important food values from milk. So whether you spread that Velveeta on crackers or cut hearty slices for sandwiches, you can be sure Velveeta snacks are good for you and so good to eat. Get genuine Velveeta tomorrow. It's the cheese food of Kraft quality. good pictures on tonight, too. Two, sir. Uh, yes, miss. Two together in the middle. Right this way. Here you are. Good. After you, Catherine. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Ball head. <laughs> Pardon me. Excuse me, madam. <clears throat> Big feet. <sighs> there we are. <sighs> good seats. Yeah. <sighs> At last. May I hold your hand, Catherine? I don't mind at all. <sighs> That's one thing about a movie theater. Maybe a thousand people. But you can still be alone. Hi, Hunk. <laughs> Where are you? Right behind you. Oh, for heaven's sake. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Harold Terry. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Jack Meekin. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is Jay Stewart saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Yeah, me too. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Ladies, Pabstet, the delicious cheddar cheese food, is offering you a knife of a hundred uses, the Super Slicer. It pairs faster, slices cleaner, removes olives and cherries from bottles in a jiffy. It's the handiest kitchen knife in years. And you can get this knife for only 25 cents and the top label of a round package of delicious Pabstet cheese food or the red arrow from the top of a two-pound Pabstet loaf. Send your Pabstet label and your quarter tonight to Phoenix Pabstet. Box 5239, Chicago, 77, Illinois. Please print your return address. Break the Bank, radio's biggest money-paying show, is next on NBC. Well, they have it, friends. The Great Gildersleeve from November 16th of 1949. Neat little show there as Gildersleeve, I think he was trying to convince Bronco to be the water boy. Yeah, the water boy down at the water department where the great Gildersleeve works. You know, the water boy, the guy who you call to when you're thirsty, he brings you a bucket of water. Well, well, 
Here's Oscar Levant and Al Jolson. They've got a water boy in mind. Al, would you sing a little of this? Oh, that's Waterboy. Oh, I know it well, Oscar. Just put me in the mood and I'll go to it. Waterboy, where are you hiding? If you don't come, gonna tell your mommy. That's enough. <laughs> Oscar, why'd you ask me to sing Waterboy and then stop me? I was thirsty. Well, that's understandable. <laughs> Oscar Levant and Al Jolson, a little banter, a little music. What more could you want? <laughs> and that's from the great Al Jolson Craft Music Hall radio show. Well, when you're a water boy, there's one thing you've got to try to avoid, and that is the deep, dark water. The deep, dark water, who knows what's floating around in there. Here's the great Jim Reeves. Alone and so lonesome, bored and so blue, I got the urge to ramble, so I took a drink or two. It tempted me to trifle. Then my true heart went astray So I wandered in dark water And just threw my life away I know that it was wrong To fool around this way so long Someone was sawing on the limb That I was sitting on I looked down and I found I could drown in deep dark water So I cried when I realized I couldn't swim A fool and his money Calls for whiskey and for gin Filled to the gills and Falling for the weaknesses of man From one fool to another Wrong is never right I ignored advice from mother And brother looked at me tonight Unsteady as I go with deep dark water down they keep sawing louder on my limb And soon I'll have to go Life's been small Hear my call As I fall in deep dark water Don't be a would-be king And tumble from your throne Oh yeah, the great Jim Reeves and Deep Dark Water. That's the way it is sometimes. You wade into that water and next thing you know, you're looking down and you can't see your feet. <laughs> it's all so dark. <laughs> oh, I don't like that kind of water. I'd get out of that if I were you. Well, friends, there's a girl who likes to... I don't know if she likes wading in water. She probably doesn't. Rosalie Allen. She's more of a cowgirl type, and they don't really go... You don't associate cowboys and cowgirls as going into water. She would more like to be a cowboy's sweetheart. Here is the wonderful Rosalie Allen. Just listen to her yodel in this song. <laughs> I love it. Rosalie Allen on Sounds Like Radio. Out west of the Great Divide I want to hear 
doesn't happen very often. Uh, that was Rosalie Allen. Rosalie Allen yodeling away there and she sings a great song there called I Want to Be a Cowboy's Sweetheart. With Rosalie, she's a cowboy's sweetheart. Not west. They don't wade into water or go in deep dark water or anything else having to do with water unless they're drinking it out of a canteen. But there's a guy I know who likes to sail. He goes in his boat and he sails. I wonder if he ever sailed the seas or ever sailed even into a bay. I'm talking about our house singer himself, the great Bing Crosby. Here he is to sing a special stereophied version of Galway Bay. I think you're going to enjoy this. Here is our house singer, Bing. If you ever go across the sea to Ireland Then maybe at the closing of your day You will sit and watch the moon rise over Clatter And watch the barefoot gossoons at their play Just to hear again the ripple of the trout stream the women in the meadows making hay And to sit beside a turf fire in the cabin And see the sun go down on Galway Bay The breeze is blowing o'er the seas from Ireland Are perfumed by the heather as they blow And the women in the upland digging praties Speak a language that the strangers do not know for the strangers came and tried to teach us their way 
They scorned us just for being what we are But they might as well go chasing after moonbeams Or light a penny candle from a star And if there's going to be a life hereafter And faith, I'm sure there's gone to be. I will ask my God to let me make my heaven in that dear land across the Irish Sea. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Did you notice, friends, the improvement in the sound in that song of Galway Bay? A little stereofied, and uh, I think the sound just came out so much better than the standard version that you'll hear. Uh, yeah, the song was very present. We felt like we were right there in the room with Bing Crosby singing Galway Bay. Well, friends, Bing wants to sail in the Galway Bay because he's not interested in being a water boy. But I tell you, there's one gal who might try being a water boy because she wants to do everything at least twice. Why? Well, her motto is, you only live twice. Here is the great Nancy Sinatra, and you only live twice, the 45 single version of her song, You Only Live Twice. This is not the movie soundtrack version. This is her 45 version. Let's listen. Nancy Sinatra, could you tell the difference between 
that version, the single 45 version, and the version she recorded for the movie soundtrack of You Only Live Twice, well, here's a little sample. This is the actual movie soundtrack version. I ain't going to play the whole thing for you. Just a little sample so you can tell the difference. This is, I think, a lot smoother, the movie soundtrack version, plus the orchestra is just beautiful in the soundtrack version. But I think they tried to jazz it up, rock it up somewhat for the 45. Listen, see if you can tell some differences. Those song, but I think you, you you got the picture there. A little smoother, a lot smoother actually, in the movie soundtrack version of that song, but very nice. Uh, that's one of those sort of hypnotic songs, if you ask me. I mean, I could listen to that thing over and over again. And uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it is hypnotic. Uh, well, that'll do it, friends, for today's show. We heard the November 16th, 1949 Great Gildersleeve episode. Heard a lot of great music here. We hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did bringing it to you. Until next time, then, with more Sounds Like Radio and more Gildersleeve, I am your humble host saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.